Hello and welcome to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. I'm John Stillman alongside Joel Johnson, certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. He's been published in Forbes and the Hartford Business Journal. You see him on Better Money every weekend on WFSB Channel 3 on the Saturday and Sunday morning news with Kara Sundland. Also on WCBV Channel 5 in Boston. That's where you can find Money Wisdom in Boston. Joel, how are you? Back in the office. Big time stuff. Very exciting. Yeah, back in the office. Here we are. Massachusetts and Connecticut have both, um, quote, reopened. I'm not quite sure what that means, um, but uh, we're able to see clients, obviously, following protocols from the governor of uh, both states and um, doing well. It's it's nice to be back. I've been back from time to time, but it's nice to have some employees coming back. We're going to bring our employees back in phases. Um, so now we've got about half our people back. All our financial advisors are uh, seeing those that want to be seen face-to-face, those of our clients and um, folks that want to investigate the firm. And so it's nice. It's really nice. It feels good. The, the atmosphere, I should say the feeling of employees have changed amazingly in the last week or so. And that's not just about our business. That's just, you know, the weather's gotten nicer. You know, there's a potential of restaurants opening up. And my wife's very interested that the hair salon is opening up. I guess I guess there is a rush to get appointments because there's going to be this. There's going to be much more supply than there is demand. No, much more demand than there is supply for yep. salon services. And so uh, it's interesting. It's good. It's a good energy. I feel good about it. Well, Joel, it seems to me that there's almost been a paralysis among a lot of folks, not just with financial decisions, but it's just like people have kind of gotten complacent and used to being at home and not really motivated to do anything. Do you sense that turning at all? Well, I really do. I think for us up here in the Northeast, it's... um, People are ready, you know, and, and, you know, I don't mean to offend anybody that's still very nervous about things. You know, my wife, Wendy, is still very nervous about things. But, you know, America just is not a country where people want to be locked inside. We're a very industrious nation. We're an industrious culture. I was just talking to a friend of mine that owns a number of gyms across the Northeast, probably 14 gyms across the Northeast. And, you know, he, he gets calls every um, every week, you know, as people want to go back, they want to get back to work, the employees want to get back to work, the trainers want to get back to work, the, the people that work out every day want to get back to work. People are itching to get back into not just physical activities, but wanting to feel productive. There's a tremendous, almost a strain or fatigue that sets in when people cannot be productive, whether they work with their hands or whether they work in an office. If somebody comes in for their Money Map Retirement Review now, how is the conversation different than it would have been three or four months ago? Obviously, your core investing philosophies have not changed, but just with a different context, I mean, what? how is the conversation different? Are people more attuned to risk now? Is mitigating against risk really their main priority? Or what are you seeing on that front? I think a flaw that we have as a country is we forget crisis way too quick. And so there's been two shocks, three shocks to our system in the last little while. Uh, Number one is obviously the COVID virus, COVID-19. And that still lingers, right? Number two is the collapse of the energy market, which most people don't even understand what happened there. And it's not something that we think about every day, except the fact that when we go to fuel up our cars, those of us that still have 
cars that run on petrol, you know, the gas the gas prices are cheaper. And then the third shock was the market, which it's amazing to me how quickly people have forgotten the pain between February 19th and the third week of March. That just violent downturn in the market. And that concerns me a little bit because the norm is not what we've had in the last 10 years. So to go back to your question of what the conversation is like, the conversation surprisingly is less laced with concern that somebody in retirement would have these big market downturns and and not be able to recover because that that fact is there. That reality is there. And people don't feel it right now and that that concerns me. And I don't mean you should walk through your life with fear of your money and so on and so forth, but there's way too much complacency and overconfidence right now, and, and it's going to be felt in a real bad way. There's an old question we used to ask at our workshop, when do you find out you're taking too much risk? And the answer is always from the audience, when it's too late. And that is what's going to happen. So I wish that conversation was taking place a little bit more, not that people should be scared of the markets, but people should also not be complacent. Um, the you know the conversation is also a little bit about, you know is everything okay? Is your family okay? Did anybody get sick? Did you know anybody that got sick? Uh, any of your family members work in high-risk areas like hospitals or nursing homes? So there's a little bit more of that. But when it comes to the basic conversation about their finances, that conversation is the same. That conversation has not changed, nor should it change. If our financial plans had to change when there was a situation or an event, we don't have very good financial plans, John. So true. And I think that's an important point to drive home here. So, Joel, in light of that, what are those core philosophies? What are the things that are so important to your process and important to the way that you construct a retirement plan that you can say, look, I see these things exactly the same way now that I saw them six months ago and the same way I saw them six years ago. What are those things that make up the core of your philosophy? Well, there are four and and they're not good. And I talk about I will talk about these things and we're not going to talk about individual investments, stocks, bonds or anything like that. There are four core things that, that are in our bones, and if people cannot agree with that, then we're not a good fit for them. Number one is safety first. I think everybody should have some money that cannot go down when the market goes down, that doesn't collapse when the economy collapses. And we really believe that. We believe it to our bones. I have safe money. My parents have safe money. Our clients have safe money. Doesn't mean all their money is safe. And I understand as a registered investment advisor, as a fiduciary, what the word safe means from a regulatory standpoint. Safe is real simple. If I ask my grandpa that came over here on a boat from Norway when he was 16, Grandpa Pete, what is safe? He's going to say money that can't, I can't lose. And so we believe everybody should have some money that's safe. How much? Depends on their situation. So safety first. Number two, reasonable rate of return. Most of our clients are not looking to us to make them rich. We are not the right firm for that. Most of our clients want us to keep them from being poor. And the way to do that is to make sure we have realistic expectations on the rate of return. We want a reasonable rate of return. We're not swinging for the fences. Um, so reasonable rate of return is the second principle. Third principle is it's all about income. Income in retirement. Doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor or you're middle class. What we do is about creating income that is not dependent on someone's job or on social security and pensions and so on. Additional income. What is the goal of that income? To create the lifestyle somebody wants in retirement. 
some, for some people, that means don't run out of money. For other people, it means I want to maintain a certain lifestyle. I want to do the travel. I want to still belong to the country club. I want to well, belong to um, various groups that I'm involved in, travel groups. Um, if you travel as a, as a, I was going to say as a pack, but as a group, uh, and so on. And so, you know, how do I maintain the lifestyle that I'm used to? So that's, that's number three. It's all about income. And number four is keep it simple. I, I was just reviewing somebody's plan from another advisor. They're calling us. They're asking us for help. They've been watching our television uh, program up in Boston for quite some time. She said, number one, Joel, I don't understand it. When I don't understand it, I don't feel like I have any control. And I don't mean that I have to control what's bought and sold in my investment portfolio, but I do not have a feeling of control. And it's way too complicated. You know, if, if I have a million-dollar portfolio, I do not need to own 400 different stock positions. And I said, you're absolutely right. Six is enough. Ten is enough. You know, 12 is enough if you're using ETFs and so on. Way too complicated. So we like to keep things simple, which is why we do that one-page plan. We do that one-page plan so people can see their entire financial life on one page with their goals, with their projected income in retirement, with the houses that they own and the insurance that they own and all their various accounts. And we can have a discussion with that one page on what their goals are, what their concerns are, and where we're going. Obviously, we have a lot of backup to that. So four principles. Once again, safety first, reasonable rate of return. It's all about income and keep it simple. Very important to understand each of those different elements. And that conversation permeates the entire plan, right? Those four principles go into everybody's process with the Money Map Retirement Review how does that get woven in? Is that like people come in, they sit down in the office and you say, all right, here's our four principles. Let's talk about how they relate to you. Or is this just something that's kind of operating in the background as you're putting plans together? Well, it's always operating in the background. It, it's our core principles, right? They're not principles if we violate them. And so for us as a firm and for planners as they put the financial plan together and as we deal with clients, those four principles are always there. But when we start with a client, I mean, they come in and we have what we call a discovery meeting where we just, we have a conversation about what's important to them before statements are pulled. Because here's what happens at other firms, not all other firms, but a lot of other firms. Why do I know this? Because I've worked, you know, I started my career at some of those firms. Somebody walks in, they want to have a discussion about estate planning or financial planning. The first thing the advisor wants to do is see their statements and poke holes in what they have and say, I can do better than the guy that you're using or the woman that you're using. So that's not what we're about. We want to get to know the client. We need to know where their pain point is. Where does it hurt? What are they concerned about? What are their goals? What's their family situation? And how do we design a financial plan that fits into that? Not build some investment plan and hope it works. Hope is not a strategy. And so when we start with a client, that first meeting is getting to know them. Many times we don't spend any time on their investment statements or their, or their trust accounts or their tax returns. We gather those things to prepare a plan for the next meeting. But that first meeting is much more about what's a client concerned with. It, it's, it's like what I, I like to say. Where do you want to go? How do you get there? Where are you now? Where are you now? Where do you want to go? How do you get there? Real simple. And that first meeting has got to be about those three things. Where do you want to go? How do you think you want to get there? Many times we're the ones that show somebody how to get there. And where are you at right now? And that's it. I mean, it's that simple. And all the analysis and so on goes on in the background. I mean, our job is to give people confidence in what lies ahead and remove the fear from their financial future. That's our job. And you don't do that by showing them a bunch of spreadsheets. 
So, Joel, if somebody wants to come in and experience that process now that you have the advisors back in the office, now that things are operating, not back completely to normal, but closer to how they used to be, uh, what's that process look like? How do we get that started? Real simple. Call or text. Just call or text. Do it now, by the way, now that we're coming out of our of our hibernation, shall we say. And by the way, we will still do a Zoom call with you or, or a phone call with you if you feel more comfortable with that. But it really makes sense for you to come in. You want to meet us. We want to meet you. Make sure there's a good fit. Sometimes there's not. That's okay. There's no obligation. But call or text 1-800-705-1232. Again, one 800 705-1232. couple things that are really important. Number one, if you text us, leave your first and last name. Secondly, I said this earlier, there's complacency going on out there, folks. There is a temptation to just go about your life. Don't do that. Get a second opinion or do a reset on your financial plan because, again, many of you have plans that did not take what's going on right now into account. You had a plan that was reactionary because it was put together by an advisor that maybe wasn't mature, maybe hadn't been in the business for 30 years, maybe doesn't have any money themselves. You'd be shocked at how few advisors don't have much money at all and have a lot of debt, probably not in your position. So that's what it's about. It's a discovery meeting. So make sure you give us a call, 1-800-705-1232. We do not have time for everybody that wants an appointment. So If you're serious, give us a call. Again, there's no obligation. That first meeting is just a nice, comfortable meeting where we have a cup of coffee, but we know we can be of value to you. So 1-800-705-1232. Again, 800-705-1232. You can call or text that number, whichever is easiest, 800-705-1232. We'll contact you later to find a time for you to come in for your Money Map Retirement Review. If you come in for a visit, you'll get a copy of one of Joel's books to take with you. But right now, all you need to do is reach out and say, hey, I'd like to help. 800-705-1232 is that number to call. 800-705-1232. You're listening to Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Joel is a certified financial planner and the CEO of Johnson Brunetti, the official wealth management partner of the Yukon Huskies. Joel, let's open up the mailbag. Folks have some good questions for you today. Let's start with Margaret. Margaret says, I'm thinking of starting my own business, but in order to have the initial funds that I need, it would require me to withdraw about $75,000 from my IRA, which would mean paying taxes and an early withdrawal penalty on that money. I believe strongly in my ability to succeed with this business, so I'm not scared of those penalties, but I'm interested to hear your take on it. Well, Margaret, I I would need to know how much in total is in the IRA. You know, if you have $5 million in the IRA and you're going to take out $75,000, no big deal. If you have $80,000 in the IRA and you're going to take $75,000, I would probably argue against that. Um, Even as somebody who's borrowed money to start this business 15 years ago, I've been in the business for 30 years, but I started this company 15 years ago and I borrowed from my dad and took an equity loan on the house and cashed in a retirement plan. Um, But So I, I, I understand, I get it, that you're excited to start this business and that you have a high degree of confidence, but I would really need to sit down with you and look at your whole situation and help you articulate how much risk you're willing to take. Sometimes, if you know you're set up okay, if you've got enough money in a retirement plan, it allows you to be a much better business owner because you don't have that pressure. For other people, they want that pressure. They want that all or nothing. And, and so we've really got to figure that out. I tell people all the time, you know, if you, because there's a lot of people that they'll have their own what we call fund money account, 
you know, at Fidelity or E-Trade or Vanguard where they're trading their own stocks. And I tell them, if you know you're 100% all set for retirement, if we take care of that for you, you will be a much better stock trader because you won't have the emotions that go into making bad trades. And so, Margaret, what I would want to do is sit down with you and figure out, well, where are you at? Do you need to know you're all set so you can be a much better business owner? Or are you a gambler, which we would try to have a pretty serious conversation about whether you can afford to do that. And so I I can't completely answer your question, but by giving you the answer I just gave you, I can say that I I understand somebody that wants to start a business and we'll be glad to sit down with you and and analyze that with you. It's kind of awkward in these situations because – you know, who knows what the picture will look like 10 years from now. On one hand, you want to say, ah, oh, that's probably a bad idea. Find a different way to get the money. But on one hand, like, what if this is somebody, I, I know somebody who cashed out their IRA to start their business 10 years ago, paid absurd amounts of taxes and penalties, and now they make millions a year. <laughs> so who's to say that Margaret isn't this person, although the odds are probably not in her favor. Well, there's a lot of paradoxes in the world, right? I mean, what are we all taught? Diversify, diversify, diversify. John, I'll do this with you. If I said, who's the wealthiest person you can think of right off the bat, who would it be? Ah, well, that's Jeff Bezos now, right? Is he diversified? Duh. No, he's not diversified. Bill Gates, not diversified. Steve Jobs, not diversified. So massive wealth is built without diversification. But yet, as most of us planning for retirement, we don't have, we don't own a business that's just going crazy. So we need to be diversified. But that's kind of a it just kind of shows you this paradox of what the wisdom is: always diversify versus Mark Zuckerberg's not diversified. So, um, so it's just it's interesting. But uh, you know, I love having conversations with people that either own a bit. We had a we have a client that uh, that whose daughter um, started a pierogi company. And I, I have to admit, and I hope the father isn't listening to me right, but I have to admit when I first heard it, I thought, really? That's not going to work. You know what? She's doing great. She's in all the grocery stores around here. My wife, a few weeks back, brings home these pierogies. I go, those pierogies were made by a business that my client owns. And so you never know. Uh, Bo Eason is a, uh, a speaker that talks, you know, used to play in the NFL. Now he's sort of a business coach. He always talks about not having a plan B. Go all in on your dream. So, but but let's just be clear. So that's not <laughs> that's not what people come to us for. <laughs> right. uh, people come to us for stability. Again, uh, as predictable of a, as a future they can have, enjoying their lives and their families, and not worrying about their money. Well, because the bottom line is, the overwhelming majority of the people don't have that entrepreneurial bone in their body of Hey, I'm going to go all in on this. It's just. As you said, they don't want to be rich. They just don't want to be poor. So that's a different mindset there. How about Max? Max says, my mom just died last month and left me an IRA with about $350,000 in it. What do I need to know about this account and how should I invest it? Well, great question. Um, One of the things you need to know is you're going to have to start taking some money out. As a matter of fact, when when was it uh, that... It says, just died last month. So it would have been in 2020. Yeah, so she's going to have to take you're going to have to take all that money out over the next 10 years. Um, so that's important to know. So if there's 300000 assume you make nothing on it. Sometime over the next 10 years, that account has to be emptied out. It could be you know, a certain amount every year. Or it could just, you could just leave it alone until the end. If you do leave it alone until the end, you have to take out a tiny bit each year. It's called the minimum required distributions, even though you're not necessarily 72 years old. 
So you got to know about some withdrawal rules. But then you really need a financial plan because I'm, I'm guessing that's a pretty significant amount of money for you. And you want to sit down and figure out, well, what do you want to do? Do you need all that money for retirement? Do you have something you want to do right now? Uh, you know, maybe you should convert the whole thing over as much as you can to other types of accounts or other types of money. So you really need a financial plan. But what you do need to know uh, is that you have to take a little bit of money out each year and it all has to be empty within 10 years. So, Max, the rules have changed a bit on that. Be sure you're aware of what you need to be doing compared to if you had inherited this money last year, it would be a completely different story. So make sure you understand how things are different now in 2020. Uh, One final question. This is Sherman who says, my kids are both in their 20s and have been furloughed from their jobs. They live at home with us anyway, so their monthly expenses are limited, but I'm wondering how to best help them financially during this time. Should I just give them money every month or transfer some investments to them or what? Ooh. So this is a question. Uh, the the answer to this question is going to be my opinion, and um, I may offend some people here. Um, I don't think you should transfer any money to them. Um, that would be my my advice. Um, and I understand. Uh, I understand as a parent. Um, I have four. I have four children, all grown, and there's this urge to kind of set them up because we can afford to do that but I would not transfer any money to them in fact I would highly encourage them to go out and keep plugging away um, I have one son who does not have a high paying job and um, but does what he loves but he is a hard worker he is a much harder worker than I was at his age and that's admirable and I don't know if I gave him a chunk of money first of all he wouldn't want it um, I offered to pay off his student loans he didn't want me to do that he wanted to make it on his own but if I offered to give him a chunk of money um, and, and I just did give him a chunk of money, my concern would that would be that would change who he is. And with somebody that's living back in my house, if that was my situation, I, I wouldn't want to relieve that pressure. I want them to feel the kind of pressure that I felt um, when I was starting out and even when I was in my 30s. I think it's healthy. I think it's healthy to feel that. You know, America was built on grit and determination and and people having very little and trying to make a life and it wasn't all about money and now we become an incredibly affluent country and you know that's great we're very blessed we live a very high lifestyle we can help each other out we can help out other countries that aren't as fortunate we can you know give money we can support so many organizations that do so much good whether that's locally or around the world but there is a curse of affluence that comes um, where character begins to change for some people. And so my opinion is I would not help the kids out too much. Certainly every family is going to approach that differently, but you want to be sure that you have some clear boundaries in place in any situations like that. Joel, one more time before we exit the program today, uh, what do people need to do if they want to get some of your wisdom specifically in their own lives? Give us a call. Give us a call here at Johnson Brunetti. We will help you. 1-800-705-1232. Once again, it's 1-800-705-1232. You can also text that number and leave your first and last name. When you come in for a visit, I promise you there will be no pressure. There's no obligation. What you'll get is an honest conversation. We will give you our opinion exactly unfiltered. We are fiduciaries. That's really important. We have to act in your best interest. And also, you can get a copy of one of my books, the two that are the best, broadest read 
Um, is that a, is that a word, John? Best broadest? I don't know if that was the two that are the most comprehensive read on the basics of financial planning while keeping things simple is the People's Retirement Handbook and the Money Map. So either one of those books is available to you. We also have books that are available to you on specific subjects like maybe having to leave a job early or something like that. So give us a call, 1-800-705-1232. Again, 800-705-1232. Call or text. If you text, just be sure to include your first and last name, 800-705-1232 to get your own Money Map Retirement Review process started. You don't have to have your calendar in front of you right now. We'll deal with all that later. Right now, just let us know you'd like to help. We'll work out the details when we get back in touch with you. 800-705-1232. That's 800-705-1232. Joel, thanks for your wisdom. We'll do it again next week. Same time, same place on Joel Johnson's Money Wisdom. Have a great week. Money Wisdom is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti. Investment advisory services offered through JB Capital LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products offered through JN Financial LLC. Johnson Brunetti is a paid sponsor of the Yukon Huskies athletic program. Better Money is sponsored by Johnson Brunetti.